Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Moon. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. The following is a Sweet Truth Media production and may not be suitable for all audiences. Brothers and sisters, get around. It's time for the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth. <laughs> Well, hello everyone. I am Billy Dees, and this is the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth Podcast. With me, as always, is my co-host, DJ Sugar Shane on Twitter. How you doing, man? Doing good. How y'all? Doing all right. Also is Jack Casey. What's up, man? Not much, man. Kind of bumming over Stan Lee, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna yeah we're gonna talk about that. That's because uh, I know you guys are really into that. Yeah, and uh, I, I want to ask. That's what I was gonna do is ask you guys, um, you know, about his impact and so on and so forth. Um, I do want to say that if you've never listened to our podcast before, we are on live twice a week. You can get just a Monday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then again on Thursday at the same time. We are the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth on Spreaker and iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sweet Truth Radio. Also, I do want to shout out to uh, a couple people here. Actually, well, one entity and one person. I want to uh, shout out to all of the members of the Pattern family. And if you don't know what that is, yeah, that is a hashtag group on Twitter. Okay, and it's basically a group of podcasters who interact with each other and also retweet each other, and that's that's an important thing. If you're going to take part in any hashtag group. Um, you have to be willing to share other people's stuff, right. not just put your stuff out there and and you know, you know, basically uh, just take advantage of the group. Right, so you have to put uh, uh, your, that hashtag in there in your stuff when you tweet it out. And if you want to participate in the group, retweet other people. I often at times will just randomly uh, retweet other people. Um, you know, if you want to uh, pick podcasts or whatever that are in your own genre i guess if you want to do it i mean that's fine but me personally i I don't 
I don't eat just one kind of food. I mean, I don't eat, uh, you know, uh, pasta every day. And I don't mind, uh, you know, interacting with uh, podcasts that are totally like, like you guys are talking about wrestling, for example. I don't have any problem retweeting a wrestling podcast, even though I know zilch about it. Right. Just like I don't because, know about a lot of other stuff that I retweet. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, you know, that's the whole the whole point is to grow the marketplace. Uh, we want podcasting to be successful. We want it oh, to yeah. be we want it to be recognized as an art form. And I'm I, I'm actually pretty, you know, I'm an old school audio guy. And I really feel that the spoken word here lately, the last few years, has taken a, you know, a real back seat. And people, people the, the, the way people talk, the way they communicate, uh, all that type of thing has radically changed. And, and people do not have an appreciation, nor, nor are they uh, artisans themselves of the spoken word. There's no art. There's That's, no more anybody really got the art of storytelling anymore. No, I mean, and even the way we interact with each other, it's all, uh, you know, texting and yeah. little sentence fragments. And, uh, Hell, people I, got I really, to say OMG. <laughs> yeah, I really, uh, I really, I really. I that so much. Know, people, yeah, people actually say LOL now and OMG rather than actually saying the words. Uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, what I was getting at is that, um, I like video. Um, you know, I, I, that's part of what I do at my day job mm-hmm. and everything. It, it's a very important way of, of communicating. But what I really like about audio is you can't rely on uh, visuals. You can't rely on nonverbal communication. Whatever it is that you're trying to get across, you have to do with your vocabulary, the way you speak, the way you enunciate the way you put emphasis in your words. I mean, and that's something that by and large has become uh, a lost art. And I, I, I believe that podcasting is reviving that, yeah. you know, storytelling and all that kind of good stuff. So anyway, that's why, uh, you know, sharing on, uh, on, on social media, other podcasters work, interacting with them uh, is a good thing. Yeah. I think, Speak- I think storytelling is uh, something that people need to be able to practice. Oh, if absolutely. Gonna, if you're going to tell somebody something, you want to capture their attention and keep them hanging on to be able to catch the end, you know? Speaking yeah. of um, really amazing storytelling, uh, there's a podcast I just recently listened to. It's um, it's kind of like a one-season thing, kind of like, you know, Serial was. And it's by the same guys who do This American Life. It's called S-Town. Oh, okay. And um, uh, I, Check I, that out. It was like seven episodes, each about an hour and a half or so, and I listened to all of it over like two days. Like, cool. I got that into it um it's originally about like a, a murder that was like covered up or whatever according to this one guy in this small town that he calls shit town down in alabama and then it becomes kind of a look into this really eccentric clockmaker's life and um it does have some strong language um okay. uh, a couple of racial slurs are used a few times by some of the locals which they didn't censor out so if you're right. sensitive to that kind of thing i mean i would, I would he, he warns you before you hear it but it was definitely very much worth a listen. Um, it's called S Town, and if you just Google it, that's what comes up. Well, man, yeah. sometimes you have to write about the hatred and the ignorance of people. Doesn't mean you yeah. necessarily want to, but if you're going to write a book, sometimes you have to put that element in there. If you're going to write well, a story it, of any kind, it yeah. doesn't bother me personally. But I know that people are super sensitive yeah. about everything these days. So I love, um, I love uh, Mark Twain. But that, but it doesn't bother me what he put in Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer because I knew that was the time of the, that was that time of, you know in that era and he was writing about well, that, the situation. If you take it out, if you take it out, 
um, it kind of no completely destroys the uh, the point of the novel. Exactly. That, and, you know, Jim just became Jim at the end of the novel. Right. People who want to get that book banned, I think, have probably never read it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Probably you know, that's probably the case of in. a lot of things. That's probably the case of a lot of things. Um, but anyway, all great points, and we're, we're going to have to check some of those out. And uh, I do want to shout out to one of uh, Sugar Shane's uh, 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 group people. I, I, I don't know how what the proper fellow word is. Fellow podcasters. Fellow podcasters in your group, yes. Gail Nobles. And uh, she, she um, has uh, a Twitter account, and she retweets us, and uh, sometimes she makes these really nice comments about Spreaker and uh, about our podcast, Shane. I don't know if you've caught some yes, of those. Yes, uh, yes, yeah, I appreciated them. Oh, yes, and absolutely. So we want to thank Gail Nobles for that, and we also want to tell people to check out her podcast as well. Now, what's the name of her show? I know it's in your group, which she, is under Sweet Truth Media. She's got a few. Give me one second. I'll give them all to you here. I'm out here on the yeah, page. Yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, we she want to do that. Movie, she does Movies Unmade. Okay. Podcast News and Opinion. Okay. Post Girls Recordings. That's the one okay. she does. Post Girls Recordings. All right, well, and they're all okay, unique so, in their own way. And uh, a lot of hers aren't very long. So if you like a real quick, short podcast, which a lot of people do, I do. Uh, there's some of them I listen to daily that I like that are 10 minutes or less. They're not real right. long. There's one that I listen to daily that's only two minutes. And it's right. just real quick. So. Well, you know, first of all, yes, absolutely. Give Gail Nobles a listen. And, and while we're on the uh, uh, subject of, of real short podcasts, mm-hmm. um, there's a new type of podcast now that's really getting uh, a lot of traction. And that's something I've been involved with on the marketing side of, my, of things that I do. And that's these flash briefings. Okay. Uh, and you can do flash briefings, you know, pretty much any format. But what they're really tied into is a uh, Alexa skill. Okay, so you can have subscribers to your podcast that simply ask, what's my flash briefing for the day? And it's just a couple minutes long. I mean, you can do uh, whatever it is that you're, you know, you're passionate about. If you're you're talking about the stock market, you can do updates. If you're talking about uh, motivation, you know, all that positivity that you you like. And and that's something that might be up your alley, Shane. I mean, you like positivity and all these flash briefings are just, you know, they're. They, they can be longer, but most of the time right. they're relatively short. So, um, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, just to throw out there, that's something that I believe podcasters should be very interested in because I can tell you on the marketing side of things, the way that we do searches is changing. The way that we um, get information, the way we get content is changing now. And the way we interact with streaming audio devices is going to do nothing but increase incredibly fast yeah. okay um you know we have internet enabled cars now and uh, streaming devices in the home you don't necessarily need to have a mobile device with you so uh i would definitely be monitoring that for those of you who are if you're a fan of the internet and you're just a fan of how uh things are changing in terms of media i, w- I would stay monitored to that but especially if you are a content creator of any kind and in particular, a podcaster, because it fits so well in with audio. I would definitely be monitoring that. There's okay. a guy that I follow who, uh, on his Patreon, what he does is if you donate him X amount of money per month or like X amount of money, 
he does like specialized five minute podcasts about any subject that the listener wants to listen to. Really? Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's by a guy yeah. named uh, Asterios Kokonos. And uh, if you just look up the five minute podcast, he's got a whole bunch of them up on like I think Sound. That's interesting. That's yeah, it's, yeah. I thought it was kind of a cool take on um you know shorter podcasts, and he's made a lot of money doing it. So wow, wow, I, I hate, so can't I argue with that. No, <laughs> I can't no. argue with that at all. Hell no. Hey, speaking of somebody who uh, has made a lot of money, uh, but who passed away, is this Stan Lee. Now, um, I, I I know who he is because obviously I I follow media and, and and this type of thing, but I am uh, nowhere near as in touch with his work as you two guys are. I know you you guys are into the Marvel comics and uh, all those movies that have been made from them. Uh, Stan Lee, for those of you who may not know, is the creative force behind uh, Spider-Man, The Incredible Hulk, uh, Doctor Strange, The Black Panther, The X-Men. We could probably go on oh, here. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, everything. I'll, I'll, throw it to you, I'll, th- I'll throw it to you, uh, uh, Shane, because I know you, you've talked about this guy before. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about why he made such an impact on uh, on the landscape of uh, entertainment in general? He just changed the way you, uh, America viewed comic books in general. I mean, uh, he pretty much bought out, uh, I forget what the name of the company was right before it, but he bought them out and changed it to Marvel and uh, became chief editor and everything. And it's actually located, and the office is still located inside the Empire State Building for Marvel Comics. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, and um, but he he created all this, and he he was one of these people, kind of like the Walt Disney of comic books. He was like uh, the guy that helped everybody realize you can dream, you know, and make your dreams come true type deal. Right. Uh, married right. to the same woman for years. I already had a feeling he was going to go because his wife hadn't been long dead either. And yeah, I, knew, I, I, I remember hearing that. Yeah, and after that, I knew he already just got out of the hospital that long ago with pneumonia, I think it was. And uh, yeah. but uh, he was what ninety five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he lived, he yeah. lived a long life, man. I'm not, you know, he lived a long life, lived a full life. But it doesn't matter if you're ninety five oh, or one hundred ninety five. When you're that, you you give that kind of contribution to the world, you're gonna be missed. I mean, this guy's like the Stephen Hawkins to science. Is what he is to comics, okay, and to that yeah. entertainment. That's 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 where level he's on in that field. All right, Jack, uh, can you add any um, analysis to that? Yeah, he um he started out as an assistant at Timely Comics. That's what he a, bought uh, out, Timely Comics. Yeah. and um, by the 1960s, he bought it out and to become a uh, Marvel Comics. Um, and um. He helped co-curate, like, a Captain America was another one. Um, interesting fact about Iron Man, he created Iron Man on a bet to see if he could make people like an unlikable character. Oh, really? Which he very obviously succeeded at. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, personally, I, um, I'm i not a huge, like, Marvel guy nowadays. I mean, Deadpool is pretty much the only one that I really follow. Um, but when I was a kid, uh, his comics were a big uh, way that really got me into reading when I was little and into comics in general, um, as a comics consumer, I'm mo- I'm more of a, um, like an alternative, uh, superhero, like set kind of guy. Um, like one of my favorite ones is called preacher, which has a TV show, but the original comics about, you know, a preacher who was gifted the powers of God, where if he told you to do something, you have to do it. Um, and then mm-hmm. other ones like why the last man where a, you know, a, a genetic, uh, anomaly wipes out every man on earth except for one. 
and it kind of chronicles his adventures, you know, stuff like that. Um, but uh, he he really did inspire me a lot as a kid, uh, especially you know his works and many other people, as I've seen on the internet today with people paying tribute, you know, to get more into reading and more into you know drawing right. and writing your own stories and everything. And apparently, he was a very very approachable dude too. Um, like he, I he absolutely that. loved yeah. his fans and um, never charged for autographs or anything like that. Um, he would he would go down to like That's the regular bars, yeah. Yeah, he would go down to regular bars instead of staying in the like the exclusive bar to go hang out and have drinks with his fans and everything. <laughs> that's cool. Um, and uh, one thing that's been pissing me off today is I've been seeing people bringing up stuff about how he was like sexually harassing people and he was a dirty old, and it's it's really not true. Don't I don't I, I I can't I can't see it, man. I'm sorry, I just cannot see it. He was married to that same woman since 1940 something. Yeah, it was. It's just a bunch of assholes looking for attention. Yeah, just, uh, I mean, it just pisses mind. me off. Fuck them. That's all I got to say, man. <laughs> that pisses. He me also that really pisses me off. I didn't know that. Died, yeah, he died today on Veterans Day, by the way, and he was in World War Two. Wow, uh, oh, really? I the, huh. Yeah, I mean, I was, did remember. Uh, yeah, now that you mention it, yeah, he was a member of the Signal Corps, or, or Corps, which was repairing telegraph poles and other communications equipment. Oh, um, wow. And uh, he also did training films and uh, worked on cartooning and stuff like that for the troops. Um, his military classification, according to Wikipedia, was he was a playwright. And he, only nine men in the U.S. Army were ever given that title. Hmm. Which is kind of cool. That's so, interesting. Wow. wow. Well, uh, let, let me ask. Uh, I'll start with uh, Jack on this one. Um, the, I, I don't know what percentage it is, but let's just say... You know that an enormous amount of the most successful movies over the last, let's say, five years, have been offshoots of comic book characters. Yeah, um, and uh, a lot of them have been, you know, record-setting blockbusters. I, th- there's been some that I, you know, I've enjoyed. Um, and the The Dark Knight, uh, you know, that that was one that I enjoyed and enjoyed yeah. others, but. Okay. But, but quite frankly, um, I, I just some of them have just seemed so far out in terms of the storylines, and and uh, it's like you're watching a video game. It's it's so computer generated. Um, Jack, can you give me some understanding as to why these movies have such a powerful appeal financially for the industry? Well, uh, personally, I haven't watched many of them. Um, because I, I'm just I'm not really into that type of superhero uh, movie. Um, I, I did like Guardians of the Galaxy a lot. I okay. haven't seen the second one, but I need to see that with uh, Quinn one of these days. It's good. Um, I saw Deadpool. I've seen a couple of the uh, Thor movies, which I really liked. Um, mm. I haven't seen any of the Avengers. I think a lot of it is that I don't know. People just kind of feel more and more hopeless these days, and All right. um, it drags a lot of people in to maybe put themselves in the hero shoes or it gives them yeah. a, a hero to watch saving people rather than, you know, a villain destroying things. Yeah. And I think the... that's a lot of what drives it personally. Okay. Um, what about, what I, about I, you? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't interrupt. I was going to say, I personally think that uh, a lot of the, you know, special effects and everything are kind of overdone with CGI and everything nowadays. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah it's certainly. kind of impressive, but it just, it gets boring to me after a while. But people yeah. like Quinn, who are huge, huge fans of Marvel, I mean, they really get into it, and they'll spend the money on it, especially yeah. the younger generation. 
So, I mean, I, I don't see it as a bad thing. It's just not, you know, my biggest thing in the world. Yeah, yeah I don't necessarily see it as, as a, say it's a bad thing. I just, uh, I, didn't, I don't understand the enormous success of, of some of these movies. What about you, uh, Shane? What's your take on that? Um, I think some of them are good, and I think some are bad. I don't think all the matter of fact, they ain't made a Fantastic Four movie yet that I think is worth a shit. Okay. But, but there's some that are good, like a Dark Knight. I like the whole Batman series, all three. Yeah, yeah. with uh, with uh, Christopher Nolan directed. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, those were the best ones. And but um, I do. You agree. know, it, it I, kind of amazed me how dark the first Batman movie was because I watched that when I was a kid, and then watched it again like 25 years later, and oh wow, I should not have been watching that when I was yeah. six years old. Yeah, really, it was yeah. dark. That was one of the only movies, uh, if I'm correct, where Batman actually kills people, right? You know, that I'm not sure about. Because Batman's I, usually no kill, and I think in that movie he does end up killing a couple people. Wow, I didn't wow. know that. Uh-huh. Interesting. Um, but I, okay. do, I do agree with you, or both of y'all, that they do sometimes use too much uh, computer technology, you know? That's what yeah. I liked about, not to go back and beat a dead horse, but that's what I like about Lord of the Rings, is they use miniatures and they yeah. use computer like the battle scenes when all the men are rushing towards the city, some of that is computer animated, but a lot of that is real people on horseback. And what they did is just blended the two. Yeah. And so I mean, when you make it like that, it makes it look more believable, and it yeah. looks it looks better. But that's why I could never watch Transformers. I haven't seen any of those. I started to watch the first one and couldn't get into it because all that damn ching 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 transforming and all the damn computer technology, I had to turn it off. I couldn't even watch it. Uh, right, yes, the right. old Michael Bay explosion fest. Yeah, yeah, it's a little much for me, too, yeah, personally. Was, I just didn't get into it. And I loved Transformers, the cartoon as a kid. That and GoBots. <laughs> but didn't want to see the movie after that. I didn't want to, after that far it started. I think I don't even know if I got into a half hour or so. Huh. Wow. Okay. Um, all right, we'll move on to, uh, I guess, a real situation. Uh, North Korea. Yeah. Now uh, yeah, there have been reports, uh, some re- some recent intelligent reports, saying that they are still producing uh, missiles and are still developing their uh, nuclear capability in in regard to weapons. Now, as far as we know, um, none have been tested. As, and I would say, we're, with fair amount of certainty, they haven't been tested in the atmosphere. We'd know that. Um, and a lot of the the supporters of of this policy that we we currently have with them is that uh you know the diplomats need time to work and this is pretty normal for a country to kind of you know keep doing what they're doing so they don't get too far behind until a agreement is written up um now there are those who say that this is uh the united states getting taken advantage of this is uh you know uh, donald trump is dropping the ball on this and uh, his supporters say, no, 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 that, you know, we're still monitoring uh, what they're doing, and this is part of the process. So, uh, Shane, I'll start with you on this. I noticed that you made a notation of it in your, in your timeline earlier. What, what is your take on uh, North Korea? First of all, is anybody really shocked? I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't. I mean, I'm, I'm shocked it took this long, to be honest, if anything. But, uh, I mean, whether... We should act or not act, I don't know. I'd have to look at some documents and figure out what's going on, read some stuff about it before I can make an accurate yeah. a judge, a judgment on call on that. But do I think okay. he's doing this just because he's just wanting to keep work up as usual? No. 
I think he's doing this so he knows that he's like kind of spitting in our face. Okay. I do right. believe that because he's that kind of man. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't trust whether, him. Whether we should do anything about it yet or not, I don't know. Like I said, I can't make that judgment call without having more information. But, yeah. But, yeah, I do, I um, do think he's doing it on purpose. Jack, what's, what's your take on this? Well, this is kind of par for the course for that country, too. Like, if you look at what his dad would do, his dad would, like, start whining and start, like, threatening stuff until, you know, the U.N. would give him money or America would give him money. And then he'd kind of slink off yeah. in the shadows a bit till he ran out of money again. Um, I don't really see them being that viable with any of this nuclear stuff. Um, I mean, they just don't have the money for it. They don't really have right, the right. Infra- or infrastructure after the last thing they blew up, which kind of took out their capabilities pretty good. Um, personally, I, I think we should just leave them alone for right now and um, yeah. see where the North and South Korea peace talks go. Because, right. I mean, we've got enough going on right now with Syria, what's left in Afghanistan, all that, that I don't think we need to do another three-country, you know, war. Um, right. Also, I mean, the thing is, too, suppose that we do go in and we take out Kim Jong-un and we take out his top military, what the hell are we going to do with all those people up there? Yeah, that, that's a lesson that I don't know that we've learned yet. See, I that's mean, the problem. Like Conquering us, a country is, is one thing, running it is another. These people are 50 years behind in terms of technology. I mean, it's getting slowly better with stuff getting smuggled in and all that. But um, And the thing is, South Korea won't take them en masse. China right. won't take them en masse. I mean, it, it just I believe it would become another huge quagmire that we would end up dumping tons and tons of money in. When, I mean, yeah. honestly, as bad as he is now, and as bad as their situation is now, picture that, but it being even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my, my whole thing is I, I would certainly say that taking any type of action, let's say, is, is very premature at this point. Um, but by the same token, to be too optimistic about the future is is probably wrong as well. I have a feeling yeah. that this is a, you know, this is going to be an extended, uh, you know, BS session. This could go on for a while. And we could only speculate as to... In terms of Trump, what he knows, what he doesn't know, how much he's playing a game with him, we just don't know. He knows and more than his generals do. That's what he says. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what he says. And uh, how much of that is bravado, you know, to influence Kim Jong Un, and uh, how much of it he really believes is anyone's guess. We simply don't know. I just, you just simply have to hope that the right people at the top know what's going on, and. Um, you know that it works out for the best. Um, yeah. Well, one speaking, thing I, I was going to say, one thing I have faith in is that um, Kim Jong Un is also a lot younger than his father was when he was put to power, and I think maybe that might be a, like him being younger, kind of seeing like what's going on with his country. I mean, maybe that's another way that we can. What is going on? Yeah, what the hell are you doing? I'm sorry, I didn't know it was that loud. I was opening up a pack. Go ahead. I was opening up a cake. I'm done. Oh, Sorry. Okay. Well, um, I mean, I, I think that we might be able to have a better or a chance of maybe persuading him to work with the rest of the world than we did his dad. Yeah, well, we would hope. I mean, that's uh, just one hope of mine. I could be completely wrong. but dude I mean, did kill it his brother. S- <laughs> oh, yeah. But- He's done some pretty radical things. That's what scares me. I don't know well, how much different he really is. He doesn't make as many threats as his father did, though. Like, he doesn't seem to um, at least make as many flamboyant threats as his father did 
And yeah. um, he also isn't treated as much of a god as um, his father was either. Yeah. You know, by the local populace. So it, I believe it is kind of a different situation. And um, we should probably handle it differently than we did with Kim Jong-un. So, I don't know, that's just my thing. Yeah, yeah that, those are all legitimate points. It's Unfortunately, there's just too much of a, of a wild card, in, no matter how you shuffle the deck here. The wild card is just too uh, too prominent. So, um, yeah, the best thing you can do is just closely keep tabs on what's going on over there and hopefully don't get out of hand. See, that's uh, the thing. I think he recognizes that if he does anything stupid, like, say, open fire on South Korea, he's going to get flattened. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I think what it is, it's just it's he's doing the same thing Kim did, which he just is making little threats in hopes that will give him money to shut his face. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And it's a great scam he has going, but I really don't see them as being that threatening, or at yeah, least fired as everybody in the media te- you know, tells you they yeah. are. If he fired, yeah, on, yeah. If he fired on damn uh, South Korea, we'd have stealth bombers in the air so damn fast to shake your head, make your head spin. Yeah. The, the only thing that would dramatically change that is if they managed to get a, a missile into low-Earth orbit and get it anywhere near the West Coast. That would be the only thing that would dramatically change yeah. the, the, the picture in terms of how we regard this. But um, I'm going to have to say that that's unlikely at this time. So um, here again, I would just say let's let's hope that doesn't happen and let's keep tab, tabs on it make sure it doesn't. Um, speaking of the West Coast. Uh, these California wildfires are uh, really, really bad. The death total uh, keeps rising. Uh, what did you say it was, Jack? It's over 40 now, correct? It's 42 as of 42. the last uh, NPR report I heard. Okay. And uh, the latest reports are that these fires could burn for another week. Um, here again, the latest report, it's changing all the time, but <clears throat> over 90,000 acres. And uh, since uh, it started, I believe, in Simi Valley, I could be wrong about that, but that's that's what I, I, I've got here. Um, Trump made the tweet about the Forest Service, about all the billions of dollars that they get. And a lot of people say that this was very ill-timed to, uh, you know, be criticizing uh, people who are, you know, out there and risking their lives and all this other horrible stuff is going on. And uh, other people say, well, you know, maybe he has a legitimate point with all the billions of dollars that the you know the forest uh, uh, agencies have gotten. Why haven't they done more to prevent these? I don't know if you can really do a whole lot to prevent them. Now, I have heard that um, they should be spending more time clearing brush. And uh, the one thing I was kind of wondering is if you couldn't, you know, cut certain uh, trees that are. In, in long uh, sections, uh, and, and divide up some of those sections over the landscape, so you don't have these these fires just you know almost instantly go hundreds of acres. Um, I don't know that you can really completely stop the spread though when things are as dry as they are, because these these you know burning embers can travel for a long distance and end up in you know in another dry patch somewhere. And the next thing you know, you got another fire. So. Um, I'll start with you on this, Shane. First of all, do you do do you feel that the Trump tweet was out of place? And second of all, do you believe that um, some of the severity of these fires out there lately, and this is the worst as far as I know uh, so far out in California, uh, do you feel that the severity of these is being uh, uh, you know encouraged? I guess has been inflamed. I guess if that's that's not the word I want to use, but uh, as parody, but. Uh, as a pun, but um, 
by global warming? Do you think global warming is a factor in this? Um, do I think global warming is a factor? Yeah. Not really. Um, I think it's just a factor. They ain't had enough rain. And the ground, you know, shit gets dry and it don't take nothing after it's been dry for a while to yeah. spark it. I mean, you can have a glass bottle somebody laid out on the ground throughout and the sun hit it at a certain time of day and hit the leaves and burn them, start a fire. And the next thing you know, it's gone. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't this. So do I think global warming has anything to do with this? I don't think so. I mean, okay. I mean, as long as I, I mean, far back, I mean, I remember wildfires in California. I mean, this is a bad one. Don't get me wrong. This is terrible. But there's been wildfires right. in California as long as I can remember. Yeah. It's just a um, part of the way it do is you feel right the, Do you feel the Trump tweet was out of place? Oh, I think 95% of his Trump tweet, his tweets are out of place. But, yeah, I'm sure this, yeah, that one was too. Okay. I mean, All right, yeah. that's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, hell, hardly ever do I see him tweet anything that sounds like it makes makes sense. Right. Unless he's praising his people. <laughs> right. Uh, Jack, uh, we've talked about this before. Probably the, the proper term is climate change. Um, do you feel that climate change is playing a role in what's going on with these record-setting fires out there? Absolutely. Okay. Um, it's changing weather patterns so that they're not getting as much rain in that area, which is making these fires year by year worse and worse and longer standing. Um, typically, fires will be done by about end of September. Okay. Until about 10 years ago. And it seems like each year, they're not only starting and um, burning longer and later and later, but, I mean, you've noticed the weather around here has changed, too. Yeah. And I believe that that's part of the cycle i mean you know i'm not a climate scientist but i can definitely see it having an impact with um drying things out more than it should um another thing is uh some of these areas that were uh that are have just like flash fired were not cleared of brush and of dry material on the ground um one thing that the and there haven't been they haven't been doing as many controlled burns in a lot of areas which is where they that's what i was kind of getting at yeah yeah, where they set fires on purpose. And this is just in case the listener doesn't know. Um, they do set fires on purpose in many fire-struck areas because it not only rejuvenates the soil, um, but it also stops you know a bigger fire from spreading by getting all the brush out of the area. It's not really right. necessarily the trees. It's the brush, and it's the yeah. stuff on the ground that's dried out yeah. that does it. Sure. Um, I mean, we had the entire town of uh, Paradise wiped out. Have you seen some of those pictures? Yeah. Paradise, California, Malibu is like just burned out. Um, it's, Malibu it's, got burnt. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, Damn. they're having trouble. Yeah. Damn. Um, and uh, I also another thing too is that I don't think that there's been enough out there warning people about fire preparedness. Um, in fact, this one video I was watching uh, where this guy jumped into a creek to avoid a flash fire over his head ended up surviving. He comes back and after and he like took a video of the cars and uh, four of his neighbors just burned skeletons like it was nothing like they were around a nuclear blast Jeez. and uh, he said that one of them didn't get out on time because she she thought she needed to do her makeup before they left and then the fire just kind of rushed over and oh them. man and wow. it's some pretty horrible uh, uh, footage you mean she uh, let the makeup stop her from getting out of there I guess so 
shit. That's what he said in the video. Um, damn, so, I, I hate she died. No, but damn, I, damn, if I'm going to let some damn Maybelline stop me from getting out of the fucking house. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. That's just don't even it's make hard sense. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, I'm you're not, right. It's not a fun, it's not funny she died, but no, it's just I got crazy. Not, I, it's just crazy yeah. that she didn't say the hell with the fucking makeup. I'm fixing to get my ass out of here because that well, don't even know, make you, sense. You never know what somebody is going to do. Um, you know, like the, the, there's been lots of studies as to why when a plane has, let's say for the most part, crashed on the runway and they tell everybody to get out, why so many people stop and try to get their overhead luggage out. Yeah, uh, I, I I'm not sure what happens in the mind during those times, and I'd I'd like to give these people the benefit of the doubt that they just were not in in a good place mentally um, when they made some of their decisions. It's real easy when we're when we're sitting around, you know, comfortably saying, "Well, what does she want?" You're not in that moment where you're you're in overload. You're, you know, your sensors are just being overloaded, and and you're not functioning the way you should. So. Anyway, it's a bad situation out there, and uh, my hope is obviously that nobody else loses their life. Um, oh yeah, the property is bad enough, and but you can you can get over that. You can find another place to live given enough time, but uh, uh, you can't replace life. Um, one uh, last subject here. We're in our last uh, third, I guess, of the podcast here, and without going into all the details. I, I don't know what the problem is with Florida and counting votes. <laughs> oh, God. Um, uh, and I believe this is a pretty bipartisan statement. They got a mess down there. Yeah. Okay. What is happening on a partisan level is, is both sides are accusing the other of a potential of, you know, fraud. Uh, and that's doing nothing but stirring up the fringes on 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 both sides of the ideological spectrum. Do you know but, how incredibly uh, rare voter fraud actually is? Yeah, I mean, and when they do find it, it's like a half a dozen. Uh, you know, what is going on over there, Shane? How are y'all hearing that? The damn box is on the floor. I mean, it's I loud. Know. Oh, God. Uh, you sound like you're fighting with a trash bag with rabies, dude. Yeah, I'm going to have to cut this mic down just a notch. Damn. I'll right. just wait 10 minutes before you eat cake, you fat ass. I ain't had no. Yeah, I know, man. Oh, I don't know about you. Anyway, uh, getting back uh, to Florida. Um, you know, obviously, the governor race is, is being contested. The uh, Senate race is being contested down there. Um, and it just seems like uh, every time they do a recount, they find out, oh, look, over here, there's another box of votes over here. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, what's your take on that, Jack? You, you, I know you're really in tune to politics. I mean, obviously, Florida has a very dark history with our elections. Um, what's the problem down there? Uh, stupid people. Uh, corruption. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I find it funny. There's been a few stories of like one was a school teacher who found a box of like ballots that was sitting behind like a desk or something. Yeah. Um, there have also been like post. Uh, one problem actually was you know the MAGA bomber, that guy who sent the bombs to all the Democrats yeah. and everything, but uh, failed at it. Um, well, when he did it, was also when a lot of absentee ballots and when a lot of mail-in ballots oh, were coming through okay. those postal systems. So. Not only did everything get slowed down, but um, some of the ballots, I guess, were put aside, and people just forgot about them. Given the whole, uh, given the whole crisis, 
thing, you know, with finding all these different bomb packages. <clears throat> and I guess uh, one county was trying to say, oh, well, you know, we didn't get them in time because of this. They don't count. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, uh, I think it's ridiculous, personally. I mean, how hard is it to just yeah. have people mark a box? Like, okay, when, you, when I voted this year, I know you guys didn't, but when I did, I went to the <laughs> library. You have to rub it in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm not trying to be all self-righteous. I'm just saying it. You guys, I'm not trying to be a self-righteous asshat. I'm just trying to say, like, I mean, sure. I know you guys didn't do it, so you didn't right. see That's how voting was done. I didn't, this time. I didn't take offense to it. I knew where you were coming from. No, I was making yeah. a joke. It's no problem. Yeah. Go right ahead. So anyway, um, what I did was I had a pen and a Scantron sheet, pretty much, and I just filled in the bubble, threw it through the scanner, and then they kept the original... And they had the scanner thing in the computer, and that was it. And the yeah. originals were put into a box that I'm assuming were shipped to the county or wherever, you know. Yeah. Um, so I don't see why this process is so hard. Um, especially, like, I guess they've been rejecting uh, mail-in ballots because the signatures don't match. I mean, honestly, yeah. how consistent is your signature, you know? Yeah. And uh, in a lot of places, too, they were hiding voting machines or not putting them out and then causing long lines so that, you know, people in majorly black or Latino neighborhoods would just give up. Give up, yeah. And yes. uh, I don't know. I think it's gross all around. I think that, per- first of all, I think the election day should be either on a weekend or a national holiday. Yeah, a lot of people have said that. Um, I don't see why it has to be the second uh tuesday or first tuesday or whatever of november every year it should it should be a national holiday that people can you know let their people out for you know to go vote and everything yeah um it just it it screams of being deliberate to me because a lot of the areas where they're finding all these ballots that were never turned in are heavily democratic areas so yeah Mm. same old same old with florida you know you know what I say, Shane? Uh, you know, you know, like they did in Iraq or one of those places. You just take your thumb and you dip it in the blue ink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all you need, mm-hmm. man. Um, well, Shane, in your opinion, is uh, do you find it odd that it's always Florida? Yeah, but there's something in the water down there, man. If you ever look up weird news, there's all kinds of damn people in Florida down there doing crazy shit. Well, there's a reason for that why we hear about it more it's because their uh their their criminal records their police reports are open to the public public. yeah so we get a lot more details coming out of florida than you do in most other states man i'd like to see what other states have got i mean ohio is kind of the florida of the north but you know uh, (laughs) yeah you know that is we we send our crazy down there when it gets old then it wrecks its cadillac or whatever you know Jack, you would know this. Isn't there another state that uh, legalized pot? Was it like Utah or something like that? Michigan. Well, like, Michigan. I, 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 I knew that. Um, but I was under the impression there was another one. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, Missouri legalized medical. Michigan legalized uh, recreational. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. And, well, that that the, and that was the first Midwestern state to do it. Okay. It's coming, boys. It's coming. I'm going yeah, to say the dominoes are going to start to fall. The yeah. dominoes are going to start to fall. Yeah, that's what's uh, gonna, yeah, I agree with you. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be state by state till I don't know how many it's going to have to get before they end up waking up. But eventually they're going to say, fuck this. we got to get on board. Yeah, I feel like Pennsylvania is going to be next. I think Pennsylvania followed by Ohio followed by Indiana. Baby, I ain't but 45 minutes from the Pennsylvania line. <laughs> <laughs> you can't drive it back, though, if it's not legal here. 
Oh yeah, you know well, how the well, yeah, stinks I mean, for that. You ain't, you ain't supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> but then but again, when has but if when I has a, making something illegal ever made people stop doing it? You know, yeah. I mean, murder is yeah. illegal. You don't see people not murdering each other. I mean, yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, uh, all right. And then, any, any final comments on that? Are we are we clear on that subject? Yeah, I think we're clear. Okay. Uh, obviously, I want to tell everyone we're in the final minutes of our podcast here tonight, but I want to tell everyone that we do return on Thursday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can tweet us in the meantime. We generally, uh, even you don't have to live tweet us. You can tweet us anytime. We keep tabs on that account. And if you have any, any questions you would like to ask, any topics you'd like us to cover, uh, we'll do our best. Uh, we always try to uh, you know, reply to the tweets, and we try to take as many subjects as we can and put them in the show. Um, Shane, tomorrow night is your other crew, The uh, in these layman's, layman's terms. Correct. Uh, you want to give us a real quick preview of that? Well, we'll probably talk about Stan Lee for a little bit again because that was a different audience, and I want to get our, the rest of our crew's views. But, um, yeah, yeah. But we'll, we've got some more wacky news coming up, and we'll be talking about some other things, odds and ends. Um, it'll be 8 o'clock tomorrow night to 10 o'clock tomorrow night. It's two hours, but trust me, it flies by fast. Before you know it, it's already 10 o'clock. But, um, and that's the beauty of it as a podcast. You can listen to it a little yeah. bit at a time. You don't have to listen to the whole two hours at once. As long as you download and listen to it or stream it, I'm happy. Don't matter. But uh, if you that want to laugh, awesome. it's it's a fun show. It's a fast ride, so uh, be sure to listen to us. It's at the um, in these layman's terms uh, under Sweet Truth Media or iTunes too, for that matter. Okay, cool. All right. Well, certainly, I want to thank everyone for listening, and and again, I want to shout out to Gail Nobles. Thank you for all of your support, Jack. Thanks for sitting in with us. You always provide a wealth of really good information. Oh, thanks, and- man. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, of course, my partner in crime, Sugar Shane. You can follow Shane at DJ Sugar Shane on Twitter. And uh, he's always got some interesting uh, information to blast out there. Any uh, final words there, Shane? No, just be safe and uh, get out there and buy your turkey. We're like a little over a week away now. Yeah, next week already is Thanksgiving. Yeah, Yeah, so uh, get your turkeys. Uh, get ready for Thanksgiving and other than that we'll be back Thursday night here at 11 o'clock All right, then everyone have a good night and thank you for listening there's a difference between do it yourself and do it for a living at the Home Depot we get that And we're here to help pros get the job done with the products and brands you trust. Technology to keep your job on track. Job site delivery to save you time. And bulk pricing on over 4,000 items every day to save you money. When you've got a job, we're on the job. The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations.